0: fuck dating apps listen to our podcast instead i'm harry and i'm priyanka and we work for thursday
1: we'll be chatting all things love relationships and the chaos that's behind that dating app thursday
0: welcome to thursday Thursday behind
1: Behind the the screen
0: screen. guys welcome back it's episode Episode four, four baby we're back
1: we're bright and we're breezy
0: Bright and breezy. What does I that think even it's mean? because we're
1: filming this episode like l- later on, like not, later in
0: the day. Yeah,
1: not in the morning. So, we're so a bit more full of pet. I keep telling Pranka, can we can we do some like can we record like later on in the day when I'm just actually more alive and these bloody 10 a.m sessions um sorry guys but yeah we're back for another week we've got an exciting podcast
0: today and we've got a special guest on so excited for the guest but before we get into that let's do our usual little rundown right, so okay. what's been going on in your week
1: harry what's been going on in my week um I I, I don't know personal life work life there's been a lot going on I've moved house people um and if any of you I know live in London you know how hard it is to find somewhere to live but I did I found somewhere I've moved um and one thing I will say is I will never live with animals (laughs) ever Knew
0: you were gonna say that
1: (laughs) ever again I knew that was coming yeah I'm just I just I've not gonna uh, that's one thing i'm not gonna live with animals ever again um but yeah happy I got a new place work is it's exciting there's some really we're gonna talk about it in a we bit. will talk about it there's some really exciting things happening which i just feel like being at thursday for the last few years i've been waiting for this to happen like waiting and waiting i think don't
0: give too much away okay
1: okay okay anyway. why
0: don't you why don't you tell them what happened with your little partnership? blunder with the two, oh the God, two companies
1: no, <laughs> this is embarrassing right if you don't know you don't think you do I don't think I've mentioned it on the pod but I've got dyslexia which fine I'm still cracking along at life like won't let it get me down but there are times when I just I think when I I was that person at school that my exams were on like yellow paper and then it was easier for me to read and there's just some. This is a quite an easy mistake. We had a partnership come through, which I believe to be Radox, which if you know Radox, it's the shampoo, shower gel. They do the two in one. Um, it's actually what I use in my gym bag in the gym. And I thought, oh, how exciting. There's definitely something we could do here with, you know, single people using Radox. Um, it turns out, that after I was having this conversation with this lovely person um from said brand, um, that it wasn't Radox, it was actually Randox, which is actually um like COVID testing, sexual health testing, um a
0: health a health company, basically. It was a health
1: company. So yeah, that that happened. <laughs> um I mean you've got to laugh about it. But again, it makes perfect sense. Sexual health testing is you know Did
0: you send them a deck all about shampoo? I'm not going into details, but anyway, moving <laughs> on. <laughs>
1: Moving on from that, <laughs> oh, um, how's your week been?
0: Yeah, my week's been all right. So you know, we spoke about that date that I was going to go on. Uh,
1: I, I lose, I literally lose count of your dates, Priyanka, But go on, yeah.
0: Um, so I did go on the date, and it was a really good date, guys. We had such a nice time. We went for some drinks, but then it all went a bit.
1: Oh no, I do know.
0: Oh, uh, of course you know. I Be called him the guy. next day. Yes. Okay. okay. But okay, so we had a great day. And then, you know, we went back, we were going back to mine. We get on the bus and some guy just like whips a knife out on the bus. And I'm a few, co- I don't know, this few, a shock, few cocktails deep. And I'm like, oh my God. And everyone starts running towards the doors where we, we were stood. And is like, let us off the bus. There's a guy with a knife. And then the guy like sees everyone freaking out and he like puts his hands up and he's like, oh, don't worry, I'm not going to hurt anyone. But that guy over there just tried to pickpocket me. And everyone was like, okay.
1: It does actually scare me. And then he just put the
0: knife, he put the knife down. Everyone just went and sat back down on the bus in very silent 10-minute bus journey and home. Was, he,
1: was your date the night in Armour. did he protect you?
0: Oh, he did. Um, but then, even worse, got home uh, to find out that the water in our entire building had gone off because there'd been a flood. So we had no water. Get back home. My flatmate is still in her gym clothes. She hasn't been able to have a shower. Uh, We only have one toilet. So she's been using the toilet. Oh, no. No, no. Not being able to flush. The Poor boy is like, can I have a glass of water? And I'm like, no, I'm sorry. (laughs) There's no running water. I had a manky old glass of water that had been in my room for like two days. Stop. We were like rationing sips of this manky water. And it was just... Oh, God, I was mortified. And then... My poor flatmate, sorry, I am gonna out her here. She had a bit of a funny tummy. No,
1: this is too much.
0: And when if you gotta go, you gotta go. Am I correct
1: in thinking that you're not actually speaking to this guy anymore? Yeah. Is it because of the toilet?
0: <laughs> it's not because of the toilet. It's actually because of something else, which I'm not gonna go into. But um it you know, it was a really nice little time that we would speaking and whatever but um you know these things don't always work out and nah, that's
1: okay I didn't give me bad vibes in the beginning if you ask me
0: and on well you know what I have day. two two more dates on the horizon so go you go me um but yeah so all, it's all exciting I love that so I think to move us nicely into the big Thursday news <laughs> yeah! we should talk about the last thursday event
1: okay don't cry people when we say last thursday event if you see all seen, will
0: be explained
1: well, i mean to be fair you've probably seen the instagram post you probably know what's going on um but no we had one massive big last thursday event which was last week and um pranka went i didn't go um but pranka went didn't you
0: can't believe you didn't go
1: a just, shame. look i'm look i'm here to, i come in i do the i support them i do the i'm not the, i'm not the clientele do you know what i mean I'm not, you know. Yeah, you're
0: in a relationship. Yeah, so. So
1: me go. I enjoy them when I do go, and you know, partnership ones I'll go to. But it's, look, I'm you go for all of us. You go for the every single person of the team. Yeah. Now, so how was it?
0: It was really fun. Yeah, um, I know. It a few was. of us from the office went. Yeah, that no, was fun. It, what's that supposed to mean, Harold? Yeah. So just
1: uh, on a Friday morning, I Facetime Pranka probably every Friday morning, just like a little catch up. Um, and I Facetime Priyanka, I think it was about half past seven, wasn't it, Priyanka? And Pranka was just coming in. She still had last night's makeup on. Pranka hadn't been home. <laughs>
0: yeah, you know? I did get home and my flatmate was getting ready to work from home, like at the kitchen table. And she was like, where have you been? And I was like, oh, girl.
1: She left the last Thursday event with a bang. I did. And you can interpretate that. Is that the...
0: Interpretate? Interpret.
1: Interpret dyslexia you see interpret that as you will right um, let's move
0: on because i know that my grandma listens to this podcast so um but this leads us nicely this does lead us very nicely on to
1: what's happening at thursday so a lot is changing i think we we've been wanting to grow and we've been wanting to come to every single city we want to be in boston we want to be in delhi we want to be in mumbai we want to be in chicago right well now people we are we are we're in
0: how many cities Not five, not ten.
1: (laughs) How many? 60 cities. We're now in, as you're listening to this podcast, Thursday is global in 60 cities across the world. And what that means is what you may know a Thursday event being, it's slightly changed, okay? We've we've gone back to what we know. Our slogan once upon a time was, I just want to meet someone in a bar. Mm -hmm. And that is what we're giving you. So, introducing not Thursday events, but the Thursday Thursday bar. Bar. And essentially what a Thursday bar is, it's think of it as a magnet in your city, which attracts all singles. Every week we'll be doing little, we'll be choosing new bars. Think of them as like weekly pop-ups around your city where a new bar will be, be released on the app and you'll be able to click to attend that you're going. There's no prices in tickets tickets are free and obviously as we're rolling out to all these cities it's one bar in each city at the moment but obviously as we kind of you know expand expand mm-hmm. there, there'll be more bars kind of popping up um more bars
0: more age-ranged bars lgbtq plus bars like the limits are endless with this which is super exciting it has been hectic to say the least getting trying to source all of these bars getting all the bars onto the app making sure these bars are up to scratch but making sure
1: these bars are open okay because we're we're not we're not in these we're not in these cities so like and also we're relying on you guys as well we've had so many people which has been great message us um uh, email thursday about like recommended bars to go to if you are listening to this you're thinking oh god that bar be great in my city please slide into our dms and we can get it listed we absolutely um will. and then yeah so it's all sing- it's all singles under one roof um at these thursday bars, and it's laid back again it's what we're it's it's what, how we kind of started our uh, events in london It's that it's there's no pressure we're just letting you guys the singles do what you want to do
0: take the lead um so if you didn't know pear is our sister brand mm which we are super excited to be joining forces with for these Thursday bars because now we can accumulate Thursday users and pair users all under one roof, which means double the chance finding the love of your life
1: and look if you don't have a pairing and you're not a thursday member i don't know where you listen to the podcast joking and you know you just use hinge you just use tinder that's fine just download thursday to see where the bars are and where all the singles are going to be you don't have to you don't you know we're not forcing you to use the app but if you want to see where the singles bar is you go on thursday to see where it is um so yeah it's yes. a really
0: very exciting which city are you most excited about
1: Oh, God, there's so many. Do you know what? It's one that's probably asked the most is Denver. Since I've started, Denver gets asked yeah, a lot. Denver gets asked about a um, lot.
0: Delhi and India as well. Delhi.
1: That's one of the most... De- yeah, India. I mean, LA. LA. I mean, we've got New York. We've we've done... You know, we've had New York for a while. We've got London. We've got... We've got Mumbai. We've got Boston. We've got Chicago. We've got Atlanta. You know... Oh.
0: Literally everywhere. We've
1: got everywhere. Everywhere. Um,
0: and it's only going to grow. As yeah. we As this keeps going... Maybe next time we sit here on the pod, we'll be in a hundred cities. We've got Amsterdam. I'm just really excited about Amsterdam. Yeah, Amsterdam.
1: The bar it. as well. The bar we kind of got. Amsterdam's really, really cool.
0: Well, you know, maybe Matt and George will be sending us on a round <laughs> round the world trip Imagine. to check out all the Thursday the bars. The sixty cities. Matt, um, what are you saying?
1: Sydney. Sid- got, yeah, we're Australia. in Australia. There'll be more bars and more um, cities added because at the moment we haven't got South America. No. But that will be coming, it people. It will be coming. Um, so please be patient. It will be coming. I mean, we did an Instagram post yesterday just announcing where all the bars are. So if you want to know exactly what city they're in, go to our Instagram and there's a post up or go to our lovely new website, which explains this all in more detail, um, ww.get30.com. You can see more details on it all.
0: And if your city is not listed, DM us and tell us where you want us to come. Yeah, where do you want to go next? If you guys shout about it, we will we will go there
1: we will deliver it's just really exciting because we've i don't know we've been waiting for this for like we just wanted to do it right like we didn't want to do it wrong we didn't want to launch in like one city and then not get it right and i just thought like this is just yeah it's a really exciting time
0: and it lines in with the new app which we spoke about last week yeah and it's all just coming together beautifully and we couldn't be more excited, could we?
1: No, it's so cool. So if you want to know where your nearest Thursday bar is tonight, for example, just hop on the app and you will see where it is in your city. Um, but yeah, really exciting times.
0: So enough about what's going on with us and what's going on at Thursday. I'm very, very excited because we've got a super special guest oh, on no the pod today that... We are both so excited to introduce you guys because I just know this is going to be some insightful stuff I for everyone. I just want to know
1: it's lots of stuff about, I was about to say, about sex,
0: baby. you just giving it all away. Right, go on. All right. I would like to introduce India Cosmos, Sexual Health Influencer 2023 of the Year, author and has a million followers on Instagram, Seema Anand. Thank, thank you so you. much for
1: having me, guys. No, thank you for coming on. Thank you for coming on.
0: We are so excited to have you here. So I actually know Seema's daughter, um, <laughs> so this just makes sense to me <laughs> that we have to have you on. And for me, I would, if anyone who doesn't know you, I would describe you as... Jean Milburn, from <laughs> Sex Education. If anyone's seen it, but for those who don't know, can you tell us a bit about yourself and your background?
2: So I work with women's narratives primarily, and um, because I do believe that these stories that we tell, they define us, they establish our identity. So you know, you tell stories of what is the good woman, the good woman who never says anything, no matter what happens to her, no matter what's done to her. Um, Then you have the stories of the bad woman, you know, the one who goes out with multiple men trying to find her own pleasure (laughs) and and so on. You know what I mean? So we kind of box people in to their identities according to the stories that we tell. And I've always worked with women's narratives because I believe it's so powerful. And I realized along the way that we never tell stories of a woman's right to her own pleasure. Mm. And so I went looking for those stories Mm. The stories that we had shut down, um, you know, ignored, sort of done away with. And that's where my work really started. That's where I became me, because this is about 23 years ago, just after the daughter that you mentioned was born. And um, it, it was just really, really necessary for me to try and understand what, where we'd sort of lost our story, our narrative. I started to study the Kamsutra thinking I was going to do like a 5,000 word essay, move on. But 23 years on, I'm still working on this. So <laughs> my work is based on the erotic literatures of ancient India and very focused on how pleasure was viewed back then and where it's changed to where we are in this sort of twilight zone of it's a guilty, sinful, bad, dirty thing. Mm. So that's primarily me.
1: And for someone like myself, when I was doing my research, I didn't actually know what the Kama Sutra was. Okay. Um, so maybe some people that don't know what the Kama Sutra is, what, what what is that?
2: So the Kama Sutra was written about 2000 years ago. It's a very, very famous book, which most people think is a book about positions. Mm-hmm. And it isn't. Uh, most people think it's a book about uh, telling women how to pleasure a man. Again, mm-hmm. it isn't. It was written 2,000 years ago at a time when women were not taught how to read or write. So the book was written for men. Mm-hmm. And it was actually to teach young men of wealth and leisure how to live their perfect life. Mm-hmm. And it's written in seven sections. Section two, which is the only bit that I'm interested in, <laughs> is the section on pleasure. No. It's the only bit that deals with pleasure. Yeah. And this is the one section, it's really strange, but this is the one section that actually addresses men and women equally. Mm-hmm. And in the introduction of the Sutra, the author says that um, people say, you know, how stupid women are not capable of understanding any kind of science because the Sutra is seen as a treatise. It's a scientific treatise. And uh, yes, because it's sort of, it's a very clinical book. It's not one of those books that you can read with one hand, if you know what I mean. (laughs) Um, You know, it's a clinical book. It's a a treatise. It's a text. And it says that... um, People say, well, why are you addressing women as well in this? And he says, well, uh, it's stupid to think that you expect women to practice all of these arts, but you don't want them to learn about it. So that's one dumb thing. And also it says that women actually understand the idea of pleasure more intrinsically, uh, men need to be taught more often. Oh, yeah, it's a really interesting, interesting idea. Yes, and so for me, it's that's what the Kam Sutra is about. And yes, there is a tiny little chapter in section two on positions, but there's a reason for that. We should really go into it because your listeners are going to find that interesting. Yeah, but it doesn't actually mention the act of sex. It only talks about pleasure, building up pleasure, because if sex cannot be extraordinarily and fully pleasurable what's the point of sex at all
1: amen i agree to that can the as a gay man myself can the kama sutra be applied to same-sex couples
2: it can because basically what i find in the original kama sutra now again this is where people get confused Mm -hmm. there isn't just the one kama sutra there are several thousand versions because it was translated and added to over the centuries. And every king who ever came to the throne had their own version of the kam Sutra commissioned Got you. because they believed that if two people can share totally mutually pleasurable intimacy, that relationship becomes stable. And if all the relationships start to become stable, society becomes stable. And if society becomes stable, the kingdom becomes stable. <laughs> so really, just remember, everybody, we're doing this for national security. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so the original Kam Sutra talks about how a person receives pleasure, as opposed to saying, "If you are the woman who is being pleasure, then the man has to do it to her." Mm-hmm. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. So it's more about how you receive pleasure, as opposed to who should be they giving should you be the there, pleasure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's really for us to interpret who your lover is. Mm-hmm.
0: Interesting. I never, I didn't know it was that intricate. Um, but why don't you go into more about the sex
2: position section? Okay, <laughs> should we start with that then?
1: Yeah, goes right into it, Verana. Go on. <laughs>
2: okay, so um, we start by saying that if, because there's a lot more that comes before you actually go into positions, yeah. right? But we can come to that later. Um, positions come in because... As the author says, that sex should be pleasurable. If it isn't, what's the point? Now, the very first thing to do with pleasure needs to be where the genital sizes need to be fairly synchronized. What does that mean? Meaning that if the man is really, really small and the woman's vagina is much larger.
1: Right. There isn't
2: going to be any pleasure. Mm. If the woman is very tight and the man is really big, it's it's painful. Yeah. so they have to be more or less similar Balance. sizes, balanced. Mm. But at no point did anybody ever say, I really, I don't know what they do on Thursday dating, but <laughs> I don't know if you have a little bit there saying, what is the size of your, you know, whatever. <laughs> oh like, gosh, that's something <laughs> we yeah, should add. <laughs> maybe,
0: you <have> to <laughs> add that,
2: right? Um, so the positions were created to primarily help you to synchronize your sizes. Mm-hmm. So for instance, if the man was really small, What are the best positions that would give the couple pleasure?
1: That's so interesting. And so on.
2: Yeah? Now, the other thing about the positions is that, you know, okay, most people think the Kamsutra written in about 300-something AD, oh, my God, it talks about such um, incredibly forward-thinking stuff. Must have been an amazing society. You know... I don't think any place was ever that feminist, that it was that amazing a society. You had the two strands. You had the people saying this is bad. You had the people saying it's good. But what I love is that he really, in the author, really does talk about the positions from a point of view of pleasure. Mm. So he says that positions need to be taught. Yeah. For men, largely. Yeah. Yeah. Pleasure is slightly easier because their pleasure comes primarily from the use or the friction on the penis. Mm -hmm. So almost any position will afford them pleasure depending on how it's done. For the woman, it's a lot more complex because the vagina is not the space of orgasm. There are different places that you get. So the vagina will give you pleasure, but not necessarily orgasms. Mm -hmm. There's a difference, right? And so women were taught how to execute these positions by how different pieces of jewelry moved on their body. Oh, I love that. Wow. Yeah. So imagine... If the woman is on top. Now, for the rest of the ancient world, the woman being on top was absolutely taboo. Really? <laughs> really? Oh, God, yeah. I mean, that was seen as a position of power. You, no, if you not yeah. Uh, yeah. And, you know, so in uh, Judaic Christian mythology, before Eve, Adam has another consort called um, Lilith. And Lilith says to Adam at some point, I am made from the same mud as you. I deserve to be on top. And she's thrown out of paradise for that. And in the mythology now, she is a demon. She's wow. a demoness. Oh, wow. The Kama Sutra says you could be on top, but when you are on top as a woman, you don't move your entire body, you only move your hips. Now, you have to build this up in your head. And I want everybody to visualize this really carefully because if you watch porn, when the woman is on top, you have her bouncing up and down. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's like, <laughs> 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 I want to say that there is no way in hell that a woman is going to get pleasure yeah by bouncing because you miss every single point of uh, excitement inside mm-hmm. her vagina when you do that so the the uh if you were on top you wore a jingling girdle around your upper waist mm-hmm. okay so a little girdle with lots of bells and you had to make sure that the bells didn't make a sound oh my god Okay. (laughs) Now, (laughs) imagine that you have this jingling girdle on. How are you going to move to make sure that that is not going to make a sound? If you bounce up and down, it is going to jingle the hell out of that. You are now slightly rotating your hips, which means now you're in that grinding motion, Mm -hmm. which is what you need Mm -hmm. for contact with the clitoris and for basic pleasure for the woman. Yeah. But then it says that if you're on top, the next thing you have to do is you wear long dangling earrings, which are then supposed to swing in an arc across your cheek. Most people, when I try and get them to do this, they have this tendency to bounce their head. You're trying to get this the earring to move. Till you finally get it right, you have to understand where you place your head, how far down you hang it, and how you move it with your body to get that arc going, and that, once you get it, is your pace.
1: So interesting.
2: Okay, so you get your pace by moving it back and forth. That, that, my dears, is how you would perform that position if you were on top, if you really wanted good sex.
1: Did you need to take that. That is
0: groundbreaking. And so,
1: do that. you obviously, like in your day to day, so do you teach these to? I guess. I don't want say clients, but people that come to you, do you try teachers teach this to them to try and, I know that's what they'd use kind of back in, you know, ages ago, but would you now bring this forward to this day and say, hey, try doing this?
2: We are, I am trying my best. I do work with a lot of other people to try and get this particular message across. But, you know, it's, so, okay, it's interesting because most people hear about it, But certainly when I talk about it, I never use any graphic language. It's Mm -hmm. very easy. It's not intimidating. And most people are really happy listening to it. But the thought of attending an entire session on that can be quite intimidating. It can get Mm -hmm. quite scary. So I find that uh, because there's still, you know, we're carrying centuries of DNA memory, which says sex is a bad thing. It's a sinful thing. And I think for most people, They're happier to watch it on porn because it's quicker, it's easier, it's somehow what everybody else is doing, so let's just do it and get it over with, rather than really dwelling on the idea of pleasure because somehow it's the pleasure that becomes um, the scary thing, you know, like when you're really looking for that much Mm. pleasure. Anyway, um, as I was saying trying to push this idea forward very slowly and gradually through videos on social media through podcasts such as yours um yeah just lots of more conversations trying to get people to that point
1: it's really interesting you say that about that like, the stigma against sex like i yeah. think i do think it's kind of getting better in our a bit in our generation but i do know there's there is still, like, the, the, tab- it's weird that there is that taboo because it is such a natural thing. Like, uh, like, but you think, oh, God, I can't mention sex or, I mean, not graphically, like, mentioning, like, you know, graphic stuff, but just that it is a natural thing. And- just to
0: have the, those open kind of conversations about it. And especially with a partner, I think a lot, a lot of girls, I mean, so many of my friends, even I do, you just, you kind of settle because you don't want to too
1: scared of the communication. Yeah, you just, yeah,
0: it just feels like oh god, I can't say I want this or I don't like this because it feels like oh, am I going to scare him away? Or but boys seem to have no problem kind of saying what they want, um, and I don't know why it's so difficult for girls.
1: I've had it. I've had it though before. Like I think we, even with my partner I, we make it very clear in our communication like we have we went through we went through a stage a few years a few years ago last year where we didn't really communicate it and like we were busy and weren't really talking about it and we were just kind of rushing it but then we actually communicate with each other say hey what actually does pleasure you and what do you want and that I think it is all about communication but as you said some people can just be scared to talk about it and feel awkward and nervous but that is because we've been brought up to feel like it shouldn't be a thing to talk about where we should be enjoying it and loving it.
2: Yeah. Um. I still think that actually the real taboo word is pleasure. It's funny because people will talk about sex now. And I mean, even whether it's with innuendo or dirty jokes Mm. or, you know what I mean? Like, sex is something that people accept that, okay, you know, you're with somebody, you're likely to be having sex. But the idea of dwelling on the pleasure somehow makes it, oh my God. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. It's Do you think so it could be because
1: they're that they're overthink- like overthinking it, potentially? Like overthinking the... And that kind of gets them...
2: No, I think it's because then you're really internalizing it, you're really making it a part of your life, mm. you're really focusing on it. I think that's what's scary. Whereas with sex, you can make it really quick and get past it. Yeah. Whereas if you kind of sit down and say, well, you know, um, let's talk about pleasure. Okay, one of the things that I thought... It was really interesting um, is, you know, when we talk about foreplay, for yeah. instance, and we talk about raising the pleasure, and you say that for a woman, a minimum of 40 minutes of foreplay is required to even get her to the point where she thinks that she can have an orgasm or a pleasurable experience. Yeah, a minimum 40 minutes. And a lot <laughs> of people are like... Um, Okay, I nibbled on your neck for three minutes, what am I supposed to do now for the rest yeah. of the wow. um, oh my God. 37 minutes, you know, like, what am I supposed to do now? And as I was saying, you know, we talk about pleasure. So uh, there's the section on what, as I was saying, section two in the Sutra is all about pleasure. But there's this entire section that talks about kissing, for instance. Talks about different types of kisses and what they do to you and how they make you feel. But it also talks about things like kissing games. And it says, for instance, one of the kissing games is where um, so using your, your lips only, who can capture the other one's lower lip first? But it doesn't just stop there because it's a kissing competition. It's a kissing game. So then you have and it sets out the rules. It's it prescribes. It says if you have lost, the person who loses will have to salt. Now you have a tantrum. You say, no, this is not fair. You cheated. I want a rematch. And then you have this banter. You tease each other. And finally, the person who's won says, all right, we'll have a rematch. And then it says the person who's lost now watch out for when they're off the off guard. And you dive in and you grab their lower lip and then you say, now I've won. You see, now it was played fairly and I've won. And this is how you prolong it because it says, this will actually prolong your pleasure for hours. Mm-hmm. So we have come away with this idea again, I don't know, from porn or from watching car racing, <laughs> that it's, <gonna, laughs> it's got to be fast and furious and hard and heavy and hard and... It isn't. It's got to be playful and lighthearted and yeah. fun and joyous. And you have to giggle together to really have fun and get to that point of pleasure.
1: Yeah, I agree. It's funny, isn't it? I think, like, even porn in general can be, like, I mean, you hear it kind of it can be damaging because people, I don't know what age, people start watching well men start watching porn I think mine was probably when I was about 13 but it could I guess it could be quite damaging because when you you're watching for such a young age by the time you do have sex that's your ultimately that's what you think it is it's gonna be like, um yeah. well like I mean I laugh and giggle and sex to
0: yeah be fair. <laughs> good for you I am so proud of bumping you um, no little
1: bumping heads <laughs> foots and faces um
0: so how has your kind of career affected your relationship with, I mean, I know your daughter, but with your all of your children, because you have three children, right? Um,
2: I have three kids. I have two boys and a girl. Um, my kids have been incredible because they've been there to support me through yeah. the whole thing. Um, I don't think it's been easy for any of them because, um, okay, so the boys, but the older two are boys, and they still get really embarrassed uh, when their mother talks about sex. And I, I always think it's really funny because. You know, generally, it's the parents kind of um, talking to their own peer group, saying, yes, yes, you know, my child does this well. It's okay, it's the done thing in today's day and age. It's all right. But my kids actually have to clear this um, with their significant others. And, you know, they have to tell their boyfriends, girlfriends, whatever. Like, this is what my mother does. (laughs) Is your family going to be okay with what my mom does? You know, which is really funny. Um, But, yeah, I think... um, it's been quite so my sons are very happy to be around me. They, um, you know, my book, my first book was actually dedicated to all my children because they, they're they there listening to all my talks, no matter where I, I'm doing the talks. But they don't discuss these things with me. Mm. My daughter and I have far more detailed conversations about stuff. And um, she doesn't agree with everything I say. But she'll understand. Mm -hmm. She'll learn eventually. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, it's, I think it's really nice because, okay, so in my head, the way I say, we don't discuss, um, to answer your question, we don't discuss sex. With each other as a family. It's not that I'm sitting at the dining table and saying, today, children,
0: (laughs) I discovered discovered that, you know,
2: it's not that. But I think what I have done, two things. Um, I work at my dining table. Mm-hmm. So, at any given point, there are at least five copies of the Kam Sutra lying on my dining table. They've never been hidden away, they've never been put away. So, they have grown up in a household where they at least understand that this is not a taboo subject. There's nothing uh, weird or bad or dirty about it. Mm-hmm. That they also know that if they ever have a question or whatever it is about um, sex, pleasure, or sexuality, Nothing is abnormal that, you know, so that's one thing. I, at least I'd like to believe that that's how they've grown up thinking about things. Who knows what Gen Z is like? I mean, honestly, <laughs> and the millennials, who knows how their brain really works? Oh, but yeah, basically, um, the idea I think for me has been to be able to provide a background or a home space for them that is totally non-judgmental and open to everything, mm. um, to never think that this is a bad thing,
1: and I also I know that you've got a huge like social media presence of like over um, a million followers, and I think it's you know with these like people that are online that are actually talking about it in a way that, as you said, it's not taboo, and I think for people of the millennial kind of generation watching that kind of sees that as their education, which is
2: do, do you kind of find that? So I think I get a lot of messages. Um, <clears throat> I get a lot of messages from young people saying, thank you, you've changed my life. I mean, I think what I love about when I run into people who follow me, it's not just like, oh, I follow you. It's like, I follow you and thank you for everything you've, you've taught me. For yeah. I, you've changed something for me. And that is just amazing. It's such a good feeling. I think that there's still so much um, that is unspoken. Mm-hmm. There's so much unsaid. There's so many doubts, so many fears, because... We really aren't taught, I mean, aside from never being taught anything, we're actually taught it's bad. So it's, you know, you grow up with so many tiny little questions mm. and there's nobody to answer it for you. Yeah. And I've always said that if I was going to teach sex ed, I would start by teaching people emotions. Because that's the first thing. What you do with your body is the last thing. I mean, you know, fitting one part into another part in your body is, is like literally the last thing that you do. Mm. The entire build-up is how you, you feel. Is it okay to feel like that? Is this bit normal? Is this bit not okay? Is how your partner speaking to you? Is this also normal? Is this not okay? It's so important. Frankly, if I had to teach sex, at the very first emotion I would teach is rejection. That everybody... Everybody, the first several times you like somebody, the other person is not going to like you back. Chances are they're going to turn you down and it is OK. Everybody goes through it, but we all think it's just us yeah. and our reactions are so out of context when you get rejected because you think you're the only one and if you think okay you know what this is going to be the way forward you are going to get turned down so be ready for it just think what a difference it would make to you
1: yeah I do think that rejection is probably one of those emotions where I think because we don't we're not taught like how to learn with it is kind of the hardest feeling yeah I think like I mean Back in the time of dating when I get rejection, I remember it hit me really, really hard. But you got
0: rejected, Harry Savage. It's,
1: it's rare, but no. I'm joking. <laughs> um, no, but yeah, it does. It's just weird saying that because it does hit you, doesn't it? Like, it does you? I mean, you've you. What? No, no, but you. said... We've had conversations before where you felt where you felt it, even if, if it may not even be that. Um, if it, even if it's done on like rejection, on doesn't even have to be the way of a physical presence. It could just be against your personality, or you just don't. And you, sometimes when you don't have the answer of, of oh why are they rejecting yeah. me, and then you kind of think oh I should change myself. Um,
0: That's the worst, I think, when you you don't know yeah. why. Mm. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah,
2: and. You know, these are now things, and they come up and say, like you said, it's not a straightforward, nope, I'm sorry, I don't like you. There are little things about you that are rejected, like yeah. you just said, Harry. And I think that's so important, and that's a conversation that Tarani and I actually recently had, uh, Tarani being my daughter, for everybody listening out there. Um, and shout out. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to Tarani, who actually put me in touch with Priyanka and She's Harry's a <laughs> Um But, you know, just like... When your partner says, uh, do this or don't do that. You know, when I got married, uh, like I wear a lot of saris. I love my 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 sari look. I think I just look my best in my saris. My husband was very like, "Oh, but I want you wearing dresses. I really don't like the saris. And you know, I went through years of feeling really rejected on the idea that, oh, does he not like me as much? Because I don't wear, this is my husband. Mm. Yeah. And do you know what I mean? Like, if we were if I had been taught to understand that it's okay, this is his idea of what he would like to see at the same time, yeah. I would be able to I would have been able to settle it in my head a little bit better. Mm-hmm. So I understand that yeah, I still want to wear that, which is exactly what I did. I continue to wear saris. But it's the it's the other awful thoughts that go with it, the insecurities that develop, those would not have developed. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I would have understood how to deal with it better. And I was telling this story to some people recently, about many years ago, I was 20. I um, So there was this boy I was studying with. I thought we were best friends. He was into me. I didn't know. I just thought we were good friends. And one time I remember he asked me over to his house to study. So I thought, yeah, we're good friends. I'm going to go over. He thought, yeah, she likes me hence she's coming. So while I'm over there, he tries to kiss me and I say no and I push him back. And of course, he's not going to listen. So he tries again, because again, it's this whole thing of, no, no, she can't be rejecting me. She likes me. You know, it's not as straightforward as, oh, this is consent. Oh, this is bad or good. It's how you've been taught to think about yes or no, what it means to you. Anyway, by the time he did it the fourth time, I remember pushing him back, but hard enough to really hurt him. I didn't mean to hurt him. I just it's an automatic reaction. More
0: times. he tried. Yeah.
2: And I, but because you're not listening, you're like, mm. no, you like me. I, I know you're like, you know what I mean? Like, you can't take that rejection. So anyway, um, he got hurt and then it got really weird because he was now yelling at me and saying, you really hurt me? You could have just said no. I did. I said no, you know, many times, but he wasn't listening. He, I thought you liked me. And at this point, because of all the insecurities that we grew up with, I'm thinking, and we've, especially in my generation, you grow up, you grew up believing that if something went wrong, it was your fault as the woman, it was your fault. Mm-hmm. So I now say sorry to him. And then I offer to kiss him back. Oh, oh no. And he at this point said, I don't want you now. So. Which was, I'm, I'm so glad he said that because otherwise <laughs> I would have kissed him and then felt miserable about it later. But I mean, I heard his no the first time. Anyway, that was where the friendship ended, which was so sad because he was a good friend. But it left me with years of belief that one, if a guy, if something goes wrong, it is your fault. Because everybody... Who you say this to will say, "Oh, but what did you do? Or oh, what were you wearing? Oh, come on! Don't tell me you didn't. So did, you good. didn't know that he liked you? How could you not know that he was into you?" So you know, you get told this, so you come to believe that it's you, it's you. Mm-hmm. and that only you as the girl can be rejected, but you cannot do the rejecting. It's just so messed up, and then you it leads on to the next thing where you believe that as a woman, if you are getting unasked for attention you should be flattered Mm, especially if it's from a in quotes nice guy from a good background if it's unasked for attention you should be flattered because wow he likes you he's into you ooh. and finally that your value lies in how many guys like you
0: Mm. Mm.
2: and this is the kind of stuff that i mean all you needed was that one bit of education that yeah i can be rejected because somebody doesn't necessarily want me
0: yeah, that, I mean that was such a thing in school. Like, oh, how many boys are you texting? How many yeah. boys have, do you know? How many boys did you talk to at that party? And it was like a thing that if you weren't didn't even have one boy on your roster, yeah. you on were your not roster. cool. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. It was just it was just so bizarre. And looking back on it now, like you know, growing up in that generation, it's it was it's tough, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and I'm sure it's the same for kids growing up now, especially where they have so much more access to social media. Whereas at least you know, Instagram probably wasn't only a thing until I was about 14, maybe.
2: Yeah, Instagram came into my life very late. <laughs> <laughs> You're smashing it, though. Right?
1: Yeah. Um, I think it's interesting because, like, as us at Thursday and kind of our whole marketing, I guess, uh, like strategy, you could say, is we really try and be, we, we don't, you don't see a lot of dating apps out there talking talking like we're quite direct to our audience and we through our kind of uh social media platforms we try and show our audience that you know it is okay to be rejected
0: but we kind of wanted to know what your thoughts are on kind of how do you think dating apps shape relationships or how much do you put value on in real life connections
2: So I think eventually the the connection has to be in real life, Mm -hmm. naturally. I think dating apps provide a couple of really incredible things into your life that we didn't have before. One is that it gives you a chance to meet such a diverse um, group of people because... You know, otherwise, the person you met would be very much limited to the places that you went or the people that you knew. And you know what I mean? Like to your circle Mm -hmm. of people that you knew. So, yeah, this gives you the chance to meet more people, which is amazing. Um, I think that as dating apps progress and the questions that get put on for, you know, like your profile that you put on Mm -hmm. there. I think it's incredible because you can get to know so much more about somebody from that. I know that in America last year, I was doing some research. Um, there were a lot of people who were b- matching um, through how they felt on climate change because they felt that that was so such an important part of how they believe they want to live their lives, that if you felt differently, to climate change and the other person they didn't even want to start that relationship and then find that it wasn't don't, going to, yeah, time. don't want to waste their time so I think that is incredible
1: mm-hmm.
2: I also think that um, it gives you a chance to communicate a little bit because some people are not so great when they're chatting to each other in person it no. takes a bit of, It's a, everybody's not socially that capable that you can just <laughs> kind of be out there and be amazing so I think that really helps for that initial sort of step up but I think on the whole I think dating apps are just fabulous I think that it's such a good place to begin mm-hmm. um you know yeah I wish they'd been around when I was younger we had such weird <laughs> rules do. on dating when I, I was younger no, Yeah, I I,
1: always I'm always like, like god what would I have like yeah. I'm, I met my boyfriend on a dating app I mean all the dates we meet or okay, go when you're on dating apps
0: yeah but I yeah I think meeting in real life is so important and you know thursday provides that platform to see someone and then send them to a, a environment which is safe and where there's going to be other singles and
1: they're guaranteed that there's going to be single people there yeah it's the worst thing is you're in a club you, i've <laughs> had it before in the past going out to someone, think, oh you're good looking go out to him hi uh oh uh, are your oh, relationship? Goodness. sorry and you have to walk <laughs> off but at least you know that everyone's gonna be single
0: um and kind of obviously as an asian woman myself i've dealt with a lot of maybe relationship blunders or problems um, dating in London, especially. What would you say is like the biggest kind of issue you see as an Asian woman who has to date in London or in the UK? Do you get a lot of people come to you with issues regarding
2: that? Yeah, I think um, certainly for the Asians, there's still this uh, you know the, uh, I think the the stigma is just a little bit deeper and particularly for Asian women. Mm. This idea of the purity, you know, the chastity, your power lies in your chastity. And if you've had more than one person in your life, um, you're clearly a loose woman. I think that unfortunately, certainly for the Asians, there is still a really negative vocabulary Mm -hmm. around dating, around relationships. So I think that the challenges are just a little bit more. And I'm happy to see that a lot of the Asian youngsters in London are, they're, they're braving it. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm just so glad to see that they're, they're like, okay, you know what, we'll take a little bit of the abuse, but we're going forward with it because you're actually going to make it easier for the next generation and they will then make it easier for the next generation. Because I truly believe that it is so important to go through a few relationships before you finally realize And decide who to settle down with. Mm. Because those relationships teach you not just what you want or don't want in the other person. They teach you what you want to be in a relationship. And you're not going to learn that by reading books. And you're not going to learn that by somebody else's experiences. Mm. You know, so I think it's really important.
1: those I, frogs to find the prince. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah.
2: Do you know what? It's really funny you should say that. I was actually thinking the other day, so I get a lot of, um, a, a very large chunk of my following is from India. Mm. And although most of those guys are wonderful, the ones who are really loud and vocal on my comment section are the creeps. Yeah, mm. Unfortunately. Yeah. So the the really nice people aren't very articulate. They're not, they, they don't say a lot. They will just... Uh, quietly take the advice and they're wonderful. The creeps are the ones who have the loud voices. And I was just thinking of this story about kissing the frogs, you know, about how... they they can get so abusive Mm. get so abusive about women and the vocabulary is like oh yeah well if a hundred guys have used you and thrown you out why do you imagine that if a woman has had sex with a couple of people that she's been thrown away you know what I mean like the relationship has come to an end and if you say well I'm sorry but what about if the woman broke up the relationship then you're a whore, you're a slut you you know what I mean it's that whole thing And I was just thinking, the French version of that um, frog prince story... So, in the English version that we all know, is where she kisses the frog. Yeah. In the French version, is where she takes the frog and hurls it against a wall. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Amen.
2: And I think that, th- and then I thought, you know what? I like that version because it's like the one that's truly the prince will then emerge. The, the other that's ones so are just true. going to get splatted out of sight. And I, I like that version. I wish I could find
1: some of my frogs against the wall in oh
2: the
0: my past. Oh, God, you and me both i mm-hmm.
1: We asked our lovely audience on on Instagram some questions for okay. you, um, which we'd like to yeah just to see kind of um, get
0: your expertise on. Yeah, okay.
1: we always do this segment. Normally, it's me and Pre giving our kind of expert. Well, we se- we don't have expertise, we don't have any. advice. <laughs> um, yeah, so one of the questions we got in was, "How soon can you bring up kinky interests in a new relationship?"
2: So I think um, it's a. It's a conversation for when you're comfortable. This is the really important thing. See, there is no actual time limit for when you get comfortable with each other. Mm -hmm. But kink is um, something that you need to be able to bring up when you're comfortable with each other because it is the one thing where you're not in a safe space with each other, it is going to put the other person off. Yeah. Mm. And getting actually into the idea A lot of people love the idea of exploring kinks together. Yeah but not everybody does. And not each kink is okay for everybody. Mm-hmm. So I think that you really need to understand it's when you feel that degree of comfort. And before you jump straight in with, well, by the way, I really want to push an ice cube into your vagina. <laughs> um, you know, maybe actually explore explore it in words first where you actually say, um, you know, I always think kink is a really exciting way to... Uh, go or I'm really into a couple of kinks. Do you have kinks? You know what I mean? Like segue into the conversation rather than jumping in. The other thing is that with kink, and I think this is really, really important kink, BDSM, a lot of people, again, get their knowledge on it from watching porn or from what they've read. And they think they would like to try it out. A lot of times they haven't tried it out. And a lot of times they don't even know if they're going to enjoy it, but they think they're going to enjoy it because they watch somebody in porn. hmm enjoying it um now i also want to say that these things can have weird repercussions yeah weird on a good scale and bad on Mm -hmm. a bad scale you need to also understand it for yourself and if you want to try and practice you know people think oh yeah bdsm is all about rules you need to know about uh consent it's not just as straightforward as that no in London, you are lucky enough to have a lot of places where they hold workshops on kink and work uh, on BDSM. Mm. Go attend those. Mm-hmm. Go and actually attend those. Learn a little bit more mm-hmm. before you go any further because it's not for everybody.
0: Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, we had, this has actually came up quite a few times, but a lot of girls who, when they're maybe receiving oral or any kind of pleasure from a man, they get very in their heads and very anxious and can't bring themselves to orgasm. Do you have any advice?
2: I think, um, as I was saying earlier, this is the the DNA memory that we carry of this being a bad thing. And the moment we get to the point of pleasure, because you literally that is the actual dividing line. Um, it's very exciting up to a point. Mm-hmm. And then when you're really going to go into that extreme pleasure mode, you have to drop those blockages from your head. Mm -hmm. So it is literally that dividing line. It's where you either stop and retract or where you go further. And I think for a lot of us, we just carry a lot of baggage. Mm. Um, It is something that you can work through, but it is something that you have to consciously decide to work through. And my advice on that is always that use your self pleasure time to work through this particular blockage. It's this blocking wall. Um, you know, it's uh, Harry. It's something that you said earlier, and I think to go back to that, we teach women how to masturbate slowly because we teach them it's for pleasure. Guys learn how to masturbate and. They need to do it really quickly. So they masturbate really badly, I think, you know, (laughs) unfortunately, because it's like, let me get this out of the way. I need this quickly, quickly. (laughs) Um, So how you masturbate literally is how you will perform. Mm -hmm. It's your practice session. And so learn to give yourself that time to really. um, Okay, so. A lot of people get very guilt-ridden about what they fantasize about when they are uh, masturbating. It's your private space. Don't feel guilty about it. Feel it. Go the whole way. If you're finding trouble doing this, you know, especially relaxing, getting to that point, um, get yourself some audio podcasts on self-pleasure, guided self-pleasure. It's a really good place to start because... It actually talks you through it. Mm -hmm. It helps you to come and it helps you to get there in your own time and space where you're visualizing things in your head.
1: It's interesting.
2: So you learn to drop your reservations. Mm -hmm. It can be done. It just takes a little bit of time.
1: I didn't know there even were podcasts for that. (gasps) There are some amazing
0: ones for that. There's probably a podcast for everything. (laughs)
2: And um, if you look up some of the podcasts, and they literally have them for, like, every um, sort of sexual orientation. I mean, I even found one, which I really didn't know what that one was for. It was for homosexual werewolves.
1: Homosexual werewolf. Yeah, I, that, I, I'm at at <laughs> 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 I, I, am still trying to work it. Me at
2: Halloween. And I found that one a little bit like, okay, I'm sorry, but it's not doing it for me. I, fair enough. I'm neither so a werewolf nor wow. a gay, but yeah, you know what I mean. Like, I, yeah, th- I didn't understand Did that one, but yeah, um, you know.
1: um I think we've got time for one more question. Oh, we could talk all day, but yeah, we've got one more time for play. one more question. Um, I think this is quite uh, a good one. Is it normal to find it hard to orgasm um, without a vibrator?
2: So I think that you can actually orgasm in a million different ways. The Kam Sutra says that a woman. Well, both men and women, actually, um, have a lot of erogenous zones. Your skin is one giant erogenous zones. It says that as the moon moves in its phases, your erogenous zones move around your body. Mm-hmm. And I think that this was the Kama Sutra's way of being, giving you a sort of prescriptive framework in which to get creative. Yeah. So, you know, you basically find different parts of your body to excite and stimulate in order to reach that orgasm. It says weirdly that for a woman, um, she should be brought to orgasm twice before you penetrate her. Wow. And so it, re- it it acknowledges the fact that penetration is probably the least likely way that a woman will get an orgasm. She will get pleasure, but the least likely way to reach orgasm. And once you've had an orgasm twice through different types of kissing, through different types of um whatever activities excite you, you are then in a better place to feel that when you get to the point of penetration. So not necessarily a vibrator. A lot of women can actually find that they orgasm best by squeezing their thighs together because it puts pressure on the clitoris. And I think it's something that most girls begin by doing when they're younger. It's like they don't even know that they're self-pleasuring, but you know, you you squeeze your thighs together. It's an automatic um, sort of pleasure point and you get it. And especially in places like, let's say, in certain parts of the world where you don't have the privacy or the ability um, to find spaces or the the toys to find, um, to give yourself pleasure with, this becomes a habit. And uh, yeah, you can actually... Do a pretty good job by just squeezing it's just, it's your nice. thighs together. You're learning so much today. Aren't I'm you? literally
1: so. I don't
0: know
2: <laughs> about if I've got, I don't everything
1: about the
0: female it
2: <laughs> <laughs> And I think that um I mean just to say that you know, for a lot of girls who find that this is literally so many women, if they get used to doing this, they find that then when their legs are apart, they can't really. Um, orgasm because oh, really? you get used to the tension. Mm. Yeah. And so I always suggest that if you're going to try and transition from closed legs pleasure to open leg pleasure. Yeah. Who knew you'd have a 61 year old auntie um, sitting here talking about this? But oh, anyway, um, <laughs> I'm loving it. Um, you know, get onto your tummy
0: mm.
2: and actually <clears throat> try and do this. On your stomach, so that rather than lying on your back, the you know where you squeeze your legs together, and that helps you to gradually start to loosen your legs a little bit more. So you have to consciously start to do that. But yeah, lots of different ways. And I, I tell you what, um, without a vibrator, but a really well used tongue uh
1: i had i i mean obviously i don't have vagina but i have heard that oh, i have heard that that kind of sexness is sometimes the best sexness sec- that that area of sex <laughs> for women that oral, that oral area <laughs> for women is like a lot of my girlfriends were like that i love being whatever um we could talk all day i know oh, we actually <laughs> Thank you for coming on. Thank
0: you so
2: much. Um,
1: if our listeners want to find out how to find you, where what's your best, where's your, where, where, where what are your social media handles?
2: So uh, Instagram, Seaman and storytelling is probably the easiest one. We are on all the different platforms, yeah. um, but I think that's just yeah. the simplest one. I have just started my TikTok platform, but I've only just started Go it. On, See you on TikTok. And it's a nightmare because it's just started. And I'm having to, for the very first time, do this on my own. <laughs> it's a
0: platform to crack, isn't You've it? You've killed
1: Instagram, though. Yeah. So okay. I'm no doubt we're TikTok. But yeah, thank you so much for coming thank on. It's been, it's been a great episode. It's been
0: a great episode. Guys, we're going to have to stop there. We need to wrap
1: up. Otherwise, we're going to get kicked out of the studio. because I could hear
0: them banging on the door already. They're banging
1: on the door waiting to come in. Um, <laughs> we could have chatted for hours, couldn't we? That was really insightful.
0: So interesting. And do you feel like you've learned a lot, Harry?
1: I never knew I needed to know as much as I do about the female body as a homosexual as I do now.
0: I'm proud of you. Yeah, And we you. would like to say a massive thank you to Seema for coming on to the pod. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, but yeah, that wraps up this week's pod. We also just wanted to say... Thank you for all the love on the podcast and all the listens and the ratings and the thumbs up. It means the world to us. And
1: it doesn't go ignored. Like when we launched this, what, this four episodes ago, we didn't know how this was going to go. And it's been, it's been going well. We've had such a positive response that, yeah, thank you. We really, we really appreciate it. And it makes us feel like we're doing a good job.
0: And the other thing is... I really enjoy doing it. So I hope we don't have to stop.
1: (laughs) I don't enjoy traveling to the studio because it is so far away from where I live. But apart from that, I absolutely love
0: it. I love it. So we do have some slightly... Sad news. news. Because things are just so full on, hands on at the moment with the new Thursday bars, we're actually going to take a very short hiatus. We will be back sooner than you guys think but that we, means no episode we won't week. be
1: next week and that's not an excuse but honestly i'll have my gut for garter if i'm not on my desk sorting out <laughs> venues and you know you won't have bars to go to in your city so yeah the pod will just have to go on a slight hiatus but we will be back Very slight. we all know that christmas is on the way and there's nothing more than me and Pranka love than christmas oh yeah we got bells swinging
0: oh christmas ep is in order
1: can we get some mince pies and mulled wine <gasps>
0: Yeah. Let's do it. All right, guys. Let us know what you want to hear from us in the Christmas episode. Um, but until then, we've got to love you and leave you.
1: We'll see you next week, guys. Bye. Bye.